all of those with ears with which to hear, let them hear. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who chose us in him even before the foundation of the world, that we, we would be holy and blameless before him. For by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. How in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, and Jesus is God. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Through his Son he made the universe. Back when the earth was formless and void, when darkness was over the surface of the deep. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then God said, let there be a sun. And it was so. God said, let there be a moon. And it was so. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. And that was so. God laid the foundation of the earth. He laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together. The Lord counts the numbers of the stars, and he gives names to every single star in the sky. And then God created man in his own image. He created them male and female. And yet the serpent said to the woman, Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of any tree of the fruit of the garden? You will not surely die. Because God knows that the day that you eat from that fruit, your eyes are going to be open and you're going to be just like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasing to the eye, and a tree which was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband, and he ate. The wages of sin is death. Our sins had made a separation between us and our God. All unrighteousness is sin. All sin is lawlessness. Sin is crouching at our door. And its desire is for us. But we have to master sin. And that's because the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and against all unrighteousness of men. And so the Lord looked out, and he saw that the wickedness of man was was great on the face of the earth, and that every intent of the thought of mankind was only for evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man in his own image, and it grieved him to his heart. And that's because everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. There is none righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who is seeking God. Everybody has turned aside. Everybody is doing what is not good. There is not even one. Destruction and misery are their very path. And the paths of peace, they have not yet known. They're calling evil good, and they're calling 
good evil. They are wise in their own eyes, substituting the light for the darkness, substituting the darkness for the light. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And so the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land. I will blot out animals and creeping things, even the birds of the sky, because I am sorry, I repent that I ever even made those things and those people. And yet Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. For by faith Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. And he became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And late one evening, God said to Abraham, look up into the sky. And I want you to count the stars, if you can. And as you are trying to count the stars, Abraham, I just want you to know that is going to be what your descendants will be like. For in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. And there was a landowner who had planted a vineyard, and he put a wall around it, and he dug a wine press deep into it. He built a tower, and he rented it out to his vine growers, and he goes, goes on this long journey. When the harvest time approaches, he, he sends his slaves into that vineyard. And yet the vine growers took his slaves. They beat one of them, and they stoned another one, and they killed an, a third. Well, again, he sent another slaves into his vineyard, larger than the first, and they did the same exact thing to them. And yet afterward, he sent his very own son to them, saying, they will respect my son, though. And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. And when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. And so the Son of God appeared for this very purpose, in order to destroy the works of the devil. He came to save his people from their sins. Jesus said that I have come down out of heaven not to do my own personal will, but I have come down here to do the will of my Father. For I did not come to be served, but I came to actually serve and to give my very life as a ransom for many. I came that they might have life and have life abundantly. For it is a trustworthy statement which is deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And now in those days, John the Baptist had come, preaching in the wilderness, baptizing in the Jordan River. And when he saw Jesus coming to him, he, he proclaimed, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus came from Nazareth into Galilee, and he was baptized by John. And when Jesus came up from that water, heaven was opened. And a loud voice from heaven had exclaimed, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And from that time forth, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he came 
and he preached peace to those who were far away. And he preached peace to those who were near. Jesus was going all throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming his kingdom, healing every kind of disease and every kind of infirmity which was among the people. And the news about him spread all throughout Syria. And they were bringing to him everybody who was ill, epileptics, people with various diseases, demoniacs, paralytics, and he was healing every single one of them. And yet the chief priests and the scribes, they were afraid of him. Because the whole crowd was astonished. They were mesmerized at his teaching. The crowds were amazed. They, they were hanging on to his every word. And so one of the crowd answered Jesus and said, Teacher, I have brought you my son. He is possessed with a spirit which makes him mute. But if you can't do anything at all, please take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said, If I can, if I can, behold, all things are possible to him who believes. And so Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, there are, are many people who say that, that he's Elijah or Jeremiah, or maybe he's one of the prophets, but then Jesus says, but who do you say that I am, Peter? And then Peter answers, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon. Well, as the time approached for Jesus to be taken back up into heaven, Jesus resolutely set his face toward Jerusalem. And as the Passover had been approaching, the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to destroy Jesus. And then Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane. And his students followed him there. And he knelt down and he began to pray. Father, if it is possible... Remove this cup from me. And yet, and yet, not my will, but let your will be done, Father. And he went away again and, and he prayed a second time. My Father, if you are willing, please, please remove this cup from my hand. But not my will, but I just want to do your will, Father. Well, he left them again, and he went away, and he prayed a third time, Father, Daddy, please let this cup be removed from me. But I don't want to do my will. I want to do only what your will is. And Yes, I mean, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers with loud crying to the one who was able to save him from death. And those prayers were heard. And being in an agony, he was praying very fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. And he was led away to the scribes, to the elders, and to Caiaphas, the high priest. And they spat in his face. And they beat him with their fists. 
And they kept slapping him, saying to him, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who just hits you in the face? Come on, prophesy. Who hits you in the face? And so the soldiers took Jesus and they gathered the entire Roman cohort around him. And they stripped Jesus naked. They put a scarlet robe on him. And they put a crown of thorns on his head and a reed in his hand. And they were kneeling down before him, mocking him. Hail, King of the Jews! Hail! What a great king you are! And they were spitting in his face. And they took that reed out of his right hand and they began striking him over the head with it. They took a crown of thorns and they gouged it into his skull. And after they had mocked him, they took that robe off of him. And they led Jesus away so that they could crucify him. Well, the governor said, what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said, crucify him. And the governor said, why? What evil has this man done? And yet they kept shouting, crucify him. They were shouting in the streets, let his blood be on us, but also let his blood be on our children. And so he handed Jesus over to be crucified and scourged. And so I said to them, if it is good in your sight, give me my wages. And so they weighed out 30 shekels of silver as my wages. The Lord God has opened my ear, and, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. And yet I gave my back to those who will strike me. And I did not cover my face from, from spitting and from humiliation. And I gave my cheeks to those who will pluck out my beard. And yet save me, O God, because the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk into deep mire. There is no foothold, and I have come into deep, deep waters, and a flood is overflowing me. And I am so weary with my crying. My throat is parched, and my eyes fail on me as I await for my God to rescue me. And all of those who hate me without a cause, they are more than the hairs on my head. Because those who destroy me are so powerful. And when I wept in my soul with great fasting, it became my reproach. I can hear them sitting in the gate speaking about me. And I have become the song of the drunkards in the alleyways. My God, God, why have you forsaken me? God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer me. And I cry out to you by night, but you do not hear my prayers. And I have no rest. I mean, just look at me now. I am not a man at all. I am a worm, despised by the people. Everybody who sees me, they are sneering at me. They are wagging their heads saying, commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in his Christ so much. 
And so be not far away from me, Father, because trouble is near. For there is no one to help me. Strong bulls are encircling around me. They open wide their mouth at me as a ravening, roaring lion, and I am poured out like water. And all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, and it is melted deep within me. And my tongue cleaves to the roof of my jaws, and you lay me low in the dust of death. And they pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all of my bones. And they're looking at me, and they are, are, are sneering at me. They're staring at me. But you, O oh Lord, be not far off. O oh, you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my, my only life from the power of the dog. And yet, I don't want to do what I want to do, Father. Let your will be done. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. Truly, I say to you that today you shall be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. And behold your mother. I am thirsty. Eli, Eli, lama sabathani, tetelestai, that is my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? That is, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then when Jesus had said that, he hung his head and he breathed his last. And yet afterward, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. They will respect my son. And they took him, and they threw him out of the vineyard, and they murdered him. And yet, God raised Jesus from the dead. Early on in the morning, the women stood at the tomb saying, Who will roll the stone away for us? And looking up, they saw that the stone had already been, been rolled away from that tomb. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He's not even here. Because he's already risen just as he said that he would. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee. And then they remembered his words. The angel said, come and see the place where he was lying. Go, go quickly and tell his disciples that, that Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's already on his way into Galilee, and there you will see Jesus again. And then Peter also came to the tomb, and he looked inside that empty tomb, and he saw and he believed. He believed that which was from the beginning. What we have seen and what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, felt with our own hands concerning the word of life. And now what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that we too may have fellowship with us. 
And indeed, our fellowship is with God and with his son, Jesus Christ. These things have been written so that our joy may be made complete. For I have delivered to you as of first importance that which I also received, that Christ Jesus died just for our sins, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day. And then he said to his students, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has not believed shall be condemned. And you shall be my martyrs, both in Jerusalem and in Judea, in Samaria, and even in the remotest parts of the earth. And while he was blessing them, he parted ways with them, and he was taken up into heaven. Then when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then Peter, taking his stand along with the others, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to our words today. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs, which God performed through him in your very midst, just as you yourselves know, this man Jesus had been handed over by the predetermined plan and by the foreknowledge of God. You nailed him to a cross by the hands of godless men, and you put him to death. But this Jesus was raised up again, to which we are all eyewitnesses. And so therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you have crucified. And now when they heard all of this, they were pierced to the heart and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent. And let all of you be immersed into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those who had received his word were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls into the kingdom of God. Then opening up his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every single nation on the face of the earth, the man and the woman who does what is right is welcome to him. And now, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through Jesus. For while we were still dead, helpless sinners, God's enemies, dead in our trespasses and sins, separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, having no hope and without God in the world, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And now much more so, now having been justified by his blood, 
we will be saved from his wrath through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died in order to present us in God's presence, holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. If we continue in the faith and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that we have heard. And so he said, I have forgiven you all of that debt. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And yet, my friends, it is through many tribulations that we enter the kingdom of God. And so do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be worried about your life. Do not worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Do not let your heart be anxious about anything. Because each day has enough trouble of its own. And so cast all of your anxiety on Jesus because he cares about you. And so do not be afraid. Let's not fear. Let's be strong and courageous. Peace be still. All of these things have been written to us who believe in the name of the Son of God so that we may know that we have eternal life. These things have been spoken to us so that in him, Jesus, we might have peace. Because in this world, we're going to have tribulation. And yet, let's take courage because King Jesus has overcome this world. For whatever is born of God, it, it overcomes this world. And this is the victory that has overcome this world, our faith in Jesus Christ. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to us. Submit the devil, and He will flee from you. And for the grace of God has appeared, it teaches us, it enables us to say no to all unrighteousness and to worldly passions. It enables us to live self-controlled, godly lives in this present age. And so he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. And we say collectively together, yes, amen, come Lord Jesus. Maranatha, that is, come Lord. But Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But it's only those who actually do the will of my Father who is in heaven. And the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who did not obey his gospel. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord forever. When he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day. Yes, the wages of sin is death. And yet the free gift of God is eternal, everlasting life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Because on that day the king will say to those on his right, Come of you who are blessed of my Father." Enter into the kingdom which was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and I was thirsty, and I was naked, and I was a stranger, and I was a foreigner. I was a minority. I was in prison. 
and you loved me, and you had compassion on me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And yet, that is the greatest command, yes, but the second is just like it. Love your neighbor just like you love yourself. Jesus said to his followers, a new commandment I give to you, that you are to have love for one another just as I have loved you. And by this, this world is going to know that you are my disciples. If, 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 you have love for each other. And so do nothing from selfishness. But with humility of mind, let us regard one another as being more important than ourselves. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. Outdo one another in showing honor to each other. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. After all, we could give all of our possessions to the poor. We could speak all of the tongues of men and even of angels. We can know everything there is to know in this world, but if we don't have love, we're nothing. Brothers and sisters, let us love not with just word alone, but let us love in deed and in action and in truth. Because this is how we know what love is. That Jesus laid down his life for us. And now we are to lay down our very lives for one another. Abide faith, hope, and love. And yet the very greatest of these is love. And the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some do count slowness. But he's so patient toward us, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so the Holy Spirit says to us this morning, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and let us return to the Lord. And he will have compassion and he will abundantly pardon us. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Today, now, is the day of salvation. At that time, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so come, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool if you consent and obey. Come, let us return to the Lord. If anyone wishes to come after Jesus, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow after him. And the Spirit and the Bride both say, come. And and let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. Because whoever drinks 
of that water that, that he gives shall never again thirst. And yet the water that he gives us is going to, to spring up in us a well of everlasting life. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and see. The one who comes to him, he will certainly not cast out of his kingdom. If you believe with all of your heart, you may. Because the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, so that he may strongly support those whose hearts are completely and exclusively his. And so let us come to the wedding feast. Is there anybody who is joyful here this morning? Let them sing praises to the Lord. Let us sing with thankfulness in our hearts to God, for through Him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise that is that fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. And so now, why the delay? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on the name of the Lord. Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I tell you the truth. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us those sins and to cleanse our souls from all unrighteousness. For I tell you the truth that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who feel no need of repentance. Those who have ears to hear, let us hear this morning.